Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You remember them from your childhood, grainy TV coverage from Seoul or even Atlanta. They come around every four years. They're always the same. Great Britain used to be okay at it. Now they're brilliant, finishing a record-breaking second in the medals table in Rio. It's 2020. It's Olympic year once again. But hang on a minute. They're not always the same. In fact, this summer's Tokyo Games has new sports, even more events and new rules. So it's not like Rio or even London. This is Anything But Footy, the Olympic and Paralympic podcast, and this is a Tokyo 2020 special, and this is the things you need to know. I'm John. And I'm Michael, and because it's the festive season and we've had Christmas and New Year, we have decamped for the recording of this episode of Anything But Footy to the pub. And we're in the Tower Tavern in Cleveland Street, and the reason we have come here is because it's literally just around the corner from where Team GB and Paralympics GB and GB Snowsport are based in their new headquarters which were opened last year by the Princess Royal, of course. So we're going to go and have a sneaky look around there later and more on that in a future episode of Anything But Footy. But for now, we've got the drinks, we're in the pub and we're looking forward to talking about Tokyo 2020. And we always know at the Olympics, of course, there's the emergence of new stars. But as John has said, new disciplines and new sports as well. Yes, so there's going to be an increase of more than 30 medal events in Tokyo 2020, which is an an incredible amount, but not to grow even bigger than they already are, because we, you know, we've talked about this a lot, haven't we? The Olympics needs to not get too big, not needs to not get too cumbersome. So what they're doing is there'll be fewer athletes with some of the more traditional sports like athletics. Uh, It's been a lot tighter to get in. Um, And they've been told to trim their numbers. But more than 30 more medals on offer. More gold, more silver, more bronze. That's a great start. Yeah, I think for the IOC, there's some key things that they need to address. And they need to address it within that agenda that, that Thomas Butt put forward, of course. One of those key things is gender inequality. 
and that's been an issue. And Tokyo 2020 is looking to substantially address that. And we'll talk more in detail about a lot more mixed events that we're going to see um, at the next Olympic Games later on in the year. Um, another one, of course, as you say, is this idea that there, there needs to be around about 10,000 athletes. And whilst we're trying to introduce new sports, new disciplines, we can't be going up from 10, 11,000 athletes. And then when you talk about some of the new sports, the other big thing that the Olympic movement needs to do, of course, is to try and attract young people. And so the new sports that are coming in are deliberately designed and the disciplines that are coming in deliberately designed to attract that, that new younger audience that the IOC is so desperate to have. And we always know that, of course, the Olympics brings with it a lot of building work and new buildings. And I think we all know that Rio was going to be an issue with building and it wasn't quite ready and they were still painting it, I think, literally a few days, even when we turned up. I wonder whether they've ever finished that brick plaza. <laughs> Do you remember? Because when it rained at the start and you walked across it, they hadn't put any of the concrete in between the bricks and as you stood on it all the water squirted up your trouser legs and I'd love to go back to Rio and see whether they ever finish that but you know that Japan the infrastructure to ensure a smooth games there's not going to be any issues with that the national stadium was used as the main stadium for Tokyo 1964 games that's been rebuilt and totally transformed it's virtually a brand new stadium the opening and closing ceremonies athletics events and football matches will be taking place there and again every city is different with London there was this huge Olympic Park where most of the events took place but then you remember no the gymnastics was at the O2 tennis was at Wimbledon so it was spread right across the city what they've tried to do in Japan is have two kind of zones and one's called the heritage zone which is really where 1964 is really prevalent and then the new Tokyo Bay zone where the more modern day and more futuristic for, for, for Japan so table tennis for example will be staged in the old Tokyo Metropolitan Gymnasium which is no longer really good enough as a gymnasium and the gymnastics will be in a new purpose-built Ariaki Centre in the Bay and last year of course the trampolining uh, world championships were held in that event so they've kind of tested and row tested that. It's interesting because I've kind of got or I see both sides of the argument I did like with London the Olympic Park and it, there was always a buzz about the Olympic Park from day one to day 17 there was always stuff going on in the Olympic Park it was always busy you felt like you were at the Olympics slightly different in Rio because obviously the athletics was not in the Olympic Park it was at a different stadium it was a good bus drive away wasn't it <laughs> it was um, to quite a scary area I felt uh, when you came out of that stadium yeah, there, late was that sh- night. there was a shooting at one of the buses yeah. in Rio's as well wasn't there, there, was, there was and a bullet through the uh, roof of the equestrian centre press centre as well in Rio so we'll be hoping we don't get repeats of that Um, in Tokyo but I felt in Rio the Olympic Park was good in the first week pretty quiet in the second week um, once the swimming had gone yeah once the swimming had gone because all the athletics was elsewhere and certainly from a British point of view the events once the cycling had finished um, and I know the Olympics isn't just about the Brits but it, it was for us when we were there covering it and I think once the cycling finished the things that were going on in the Olympic Park was basketball and some of the other sports that we didn't necessarily volleyball for example have a massive interest in so i like the way that that tokyo has kind of i think set things up in this kind of half and half i think it, it look it looks on the surface as though it will be a great setup and we also know the marathon and race walks will be happening 400 miles north in sapporo <laughs> so what is new so there are five new sports although some are making a return yep 
um, and we'll talk about those in a moment. But you mentioned it about the gender equality and one of the beauties of Olympic or inequality sport, or inequality as, it's, as it has been, and hopefully this will be now gender equality. And, and that's what they're trying to get at. I mean, I always thought growing up that the Olympics was pretty gender equal, but when you actually get into the nitty gritty of it, it's like, well, why are some men doing this event and the women not doing this event and all that? So I think what they're trying to do is trying to change it. And and one of the also, the big things is, as you rightly say, is bringing in the youth. They want the youth market to, to really look at the Olympics and go, yeah, this is something that I, I either aspire to or I'm interested in and I want to know who's doing a good job. And one of these big sports is basketball three-on-three, three, it's called. Yeah, and I always think, you know, we, and I kind of hinted at it earlier, didn't I? We have a particularly sort of British outlook on the Olympics. And Rio taught me, and we, we've said this before, a couple of things. So, you know, British outlook on the Olympics is that football's not a big Olympic sport. It was in Brazil. Uh, and I've told the story before that I was sat in a, a cafeteria and they switched a, a football match off to put a race walk on and, and there was chairs flying. <laughs> um, and I went to see some volleyball in, in Rio and it was packed out because there was all this talk about empty seats at the athletics, for example. Um, but the volleyball was hugely popular because it's a big sport in Brazil. So I think this three-on-three basketball, whilst... It might not capture the public's imagination in Great Britain. I think it's it's a terrific development because, you know, basketball is a huge sport, obviously, in America, which is so important to the IOC in terms of the television money. Pretty much funds what the IOC do. So, But it's a pretty, pretty traditional sport. We've obviously got the men's basketball and the women's basketball as well. We've seen in the men the... The dream team, the American dream team, have dominated since they, the professionals came in, if you like, in 92 in Barcelona. And this is a new development. And it might be something that potentially gives another nation a chance to win a medal. I think that's probably in the IOC's thoughts as well, that they maybe want to try and spread the medals out a little bit. And some of these new disciplines might help to do that. So in Rio, we saw that with the Sevens rugby, of course. You know, England got, uh, Great Britain got to the final, but they lost to a nation that, that won their first ever yeah, Olympic that was gold. Fiji, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, you know, and I think that, you know, fantastic for Fiji. The president was there and, and all the rest of it. It was it was really good. And I think three-on-three three basketball might, might present another opportunity. It's exciting, urban and innovative, say organisers. It's the first sport that was trialled at the Youth Olympic Games has now become an official Olympic sport. Overall, there will be teams competing for a total of four basketball Olympic gold medals uh, for both men and women in the main basketball, which has been in the Olympics since 1936. Let's call it the traditional, traditional not the main. Traditional, <laughs> and then three, good point, and then three on three. The winner is determined via a race to 21 points or whichever team has the highest score after 10 minutes. So it's just a 10-minute game. Yeah, it's going to be quick. It's yeah. going to be good for telly. It's going to be good for spectators. It's going to be exciting. And... It's going to be easy to follow, and, and therefore, you know, for the, the YouTube generation, which we definitely aren't, by the way, this will be something they will hopefully be able to get into. Um, cycling, I think, is an interesting sport. I didn't realise that cycling is the third largest in the Olympics in terms of medals. I thought it was a relatively new sport, but it's been in the Olympics since the very first one in 1896. I'd love to have seen uh, that, that, that Olympic competition uh, way back. But Penny farthing. <laughs> exactly. But what's interesting with this one is they've broadened it again with a bit more of an urban feel. So they're bringing in BMX freestyle, um, which is you know where the athletes compete and it's referred on a park course. So there's lots of ramps and obstacles. 
like your local park. You're watching that basically to try and see people fall over. Yeah. A bit like the reason why people watch downhill skiing or you watch the um, ski racing at the Winter Olympics where they go over the... You're essentially, if you're not following someone particularly, you're watching that to see calamitous things aren't you <laughs> and it's like in winter olympics where they have the freestyle yeah. kind of snowboard where you go down that they slide down poles and mm. various things and you're expecting them to uh, to come off so that's a uh, bmx freestyle basically like your, your your local park but they brought back the madison on the track now this was in the olympics for the men it was dropped in 2008 and it's now coming back for the men and the women. The women will do 30 kilometres, the men will do 50 kilometres, and this is the riders in each pair taking turns to recover while the other races, and each being propelled back into the race by a hand sling move. You've, I like that. You've seen Cavendish and Wiggins do it, um, and also, of course, Laura Trott and Katie Archibald. Katie Archibald will be doing it, probably for Great Britain if they're selected, and it could mean that Laura Trott feasibly could go for three goals at these games in Tokyo. It's interesting because actually cycling, the track cycling, which we obsess about in Great Britain because we're so good at it and, and win so many medals, the programme's actually fairly limited, you know, and, and actually the programme is only over a few days. Um, but then you've got all the other sort of various disciplines, obviously with road races, and I've always thought with the road race there should be individual medals and there should be a team mm. event. I think, you know, because road racing, road race cycling, which I, I cover a lot of, is, is interesting because you are trying to get someone to the front of the race, whether it's Lizzie um, Dagnan um, in Rio and, and London or it's Garrett Thomas or Bradley Wiggins or whatever. But there's this big team working behind you and, and they get nothing. Um, and I go back to... Um, Glasgow in the Commonwealth Games when Lizzie Dynam won the gold and Emma Pooley won the silver for England and I said to her in the interview afterwards I said what brings you more pleasure your own personal silver medal or the fact that it was job done today that you got Lizzie to the head of the queue if you like to win the gold and she went well my job today was to get her to win the gold medal so so that's that's I think an op- an area where the IOC could maybe create another medal. But then you've got mountain biking, and you've got the BMX and everything else as well. So like you say, it's a, it's a huge sport. It is a huge sport. Uh, swimming is also a huge sport. One of the uh, the the big two, as uh, some people would call it. And they've got two further new events, and these have troubled me slightly, Michael. It's a men's 800 meters and a women's 1500 meter freestyle races. Now, no disrespect to any of those uh, competitors, and Rebecca Adlington, of course, did did well in her long races, and we, we celebrated those gold medals, but they're pretty dull to watch. Yeah. But they are both male and female events, as we say, but trying to attract the young people, bringing in the 800 metres and the 1500 metres? I think if you're going to try and attract young people into swimming, then you need to start doing widths, don't you? <laughs> or, or what the International Swimming League's done, yeah. you know, change the lights and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, it needs to become thing. a bit more of an event. I think Olympic swimming has, for me, stagnated a little bit over um, successive editions. Um, and I think particularly I, I felt Is that... Is that because the Brits haven't but, done as well? Yeah, I think particularly I felt that, certainly London 2012, and I went down to the Aquatic Centre and watched it, and it wasn't quite the session or the event I was hoping for. But, as you say, because we weren't winning medals... What we have now in Adam Peaty and others is a bit of stardust, and we're going to see world records. We see Adam Peaty break world records at major championships all the time. We'll probably see more later on in the year in Tokyo. That might help, but I do think that what the ISL have done is they've really raised the game with the staging. And, and likewise, the world championships in athletics last year, the staging of the medal ceremonies and yeah. stuff, 
if you were Tokyo and you were head of the steering group committee for medal ceremonies, you'd be watching that and bringing their light and laser company, wouldn't you? I think you, I think you would. That's a really good point. And plenty more mixed gender events are coming in. Now, these, some of these aren't new to the Olympic programme, but there will be a whole lot more at the Olympic Games in Tokyo 2020, which is later this year. So double the amount in Rio. In 2016, mixed gender competition existed in badminton, um, which was mixed doubles. Equestrian, obviously has been going since the 1960s. Uh, sailing included the mixed NACRA 17 class, which is quite crucial this year for Team GB because they have a couple of competitors trying to get in one class. And tennis, mixed doubles, of course, returned in 2012 where Andy Murray and uh, Laura Robson won uh, a medal. And that was after an 88-year absence. So it's nothing new in the Olympics to have mixed gender sports. But what they're trying to do is try to bring in some new events for these. So now men and women competing together in perennial favourites such as swimming and athletics uh, will be competing together as well as archery judo shooting table tennis and triathlon so we're going to run through some of these for you yeah some good ones for you. you you kick us off i mean i love some of these mixed relay events that you talk about because depending on how teams and, and with the athletics we saw it at the world championships in doha depending on how teams set up how they put the men out first the women out first where they alternate them you just kind of don't really know how that race is going to unfold so we're going to have a four by 400 meter mixed team event in athletics so that will be two men two women obviously each running one lap there's some issues we discussed it on anything but footy last year about the scheduling because it's at the start of the athletics program so are you going to get the best 400 meters runners in there for me that's an opportunity potentially for for a nation like great britain where you're probably not going to win individual 400 meter medals target that could be so top load it basically. yeah i mean t- t- target that race you know and say Say to your, your, your best 400 metres quartet, we're going to go for the relays at the start and the end of the week. And if your individual event suffers a little bit, if you have to go out in the heats, rest and recover, then, you know, I know as an individual you want to reach an Olympic final, you want to run a PB, but there's a medal. There's an Olympic medal up for grabs in that in that mixed team event. So we've got mixed team events in athletics. Swimming, you say, another one of the, the big two sports I think the cyclists and gymnasts and the others would argue <laughs> that. A uh, new mixed event in swimming as well, the 4 by 100 metre mixed medley. Again, featuring two men, two women. Great Britain should be strong, I would think, in that. But What I quite like about that is the fact that there is no set pattern to it and you can have women racing against men and not always you know, the, in, in, the, in the events you'd expect. So the freestyle, the... The, the breaststroke, the butterfly. It's going to be really interesting to see how... how and, it, and it's great atmospheres. Relays always bring great atmospheres. Yeah, and they? I just think, you know, the Olympics can't stay still. I mean, that's the whole point of, of this entire episode of, of anything but footy. The Olympics needs to innovate. It can't just keep putting on the same show. It will no longer be the greatest show on earth if it's exactly the same every time. And, you know, different host cities bring different things to it. Rio hosted a Rio Games. London hosted a London Games. Tokyo will host a, a Japanese a Tokyo Games. And, and that will be a different cultural um, program and it will, be, it will be very different from what Brazil did and different landscapes, different backdrops. But the events, which is what you go and see need to innovate as well and and i think these are in athletics and swimming are, are fantastic innovations that, that i think people will, will get excited about and it's good to see those quote traditional sports 
being re reinvigorated as well because it's too easy to just do it for archery, judo, yeah. and and table tennis, and um, then not have the cojones, if you like, to go to the IAAF and Seb Coe and say, look, I know you like running around circles for fifteen hundred or eight hundred <laughs> meters, but but you need to do something, and and I think that's that's an issue with sports and, and athletics. For me, is one of those sports where actually they. They're a little bit inward-looking sometimes, and they don't want to go out and embrace potential new audiences. Archery, there's going to be a mixed-team event. Uh, South Korea will be the ones to beat uh, in 2020, no doubt, in that one. Uh, judo, there's a mixed-team event, which will feature three men and three women, which will be interesting to see Japan uh, beat France when they did that at the Worlds in, in 2018 for the, in the final there. Uh, shooting, there'll be a total of three new mixed events in shooting. The mixed-team trap, the mixed-team air rifle, and mixed-team air pistol. One man and one woman in each of those. And then mixed-team doubles in table tennis as well. You can't kind of expect these things to have happened yeah but, but you know why didn't we play mixed doubles in, in table tennis china will be the dominant force in that but why haven't we done it because no one's really i think looked to address the gender inequality before i think it's probably always just been the way that we've had men's and we've had women's tournaments and actually then when someone shines a bit of light on on you as an organization as an event and says you know we need to address things you start looking for more imaginative stages the one mixed event i'm really looking forward to you know is is the mixed team relay triathlon you know i'm a huge triathlon fan love love covering the sport cover the world series every year um and i think it's going to be great we've had mixed team relays at commonwealth games um you know and and england have done well and i would imagine great britain um, will do particularly well opportunity from a british point of view for alistair brownlee to win two more gold medals in Tokyo when we spoke to Andy Salmon the CEO of British Triathlon he was kind of hinting he hoped he'd go yeah I think my guess from what Andy Salmon was telling us on on Great British Bosses on that episode we've got series two of that coming by the way later on in 2020 we've got some rip-roaring guests lined up but anyway um, is that he'll definitely be in the team event but maybe not go for the individual I don't know um, and then you could have Johnny Brownlee, who could go in the individual and the team, and he could win two gold medals and be like his brother. And then you've got the huge conundrum of which two women would you put in? Are you going to take different women for the team event than you will for the individual because there's such an embarrassment of riches there with Georgia Taylor-Brown and Jess Learmont, and then you've potentially still got Vicky Holland, who won bronze in Rio, non-Stanford, a former world champion. There's so many good women. I, I think it's potentially you could put individual and team different members. And one of the questions we got asked after we did the Great British Bosses was, well, how does the relay work? So here's how it works. You have four members competing, alternating woman, man, woman, man. So there's no, unlike in the 4 by 4 Top-loading of yeah. men or women or whatever. Where you can decide who you want. No, it's woman, man, woman, man. Each one completing a super sprint triathlon, which consists of 300-meter swim, seven kilometer bike and 1.7 kilometer run and then the fastest combined time wins and there is that kind of handover as well where you where you uh, where you pat on so it's going to be a great event we're really looking forward to yeah. that one you're listening to anything but footy uh, we're looking ahead to tokyo 2020 on this episode of the podcast and we're looking ahead at some of the new things that will be at the next olympic games and we've come to the pub because it's been the festive season so we thought where better to do it than the tower tavern in cleveland street where if you look very 
very closely. Uh, you can see the headquarters of Paralympics GB and Team GB just around the corner. And there are five new sports going into Tokyo, and Britain has a chance in a, at least one of them, maybe even two, as we'll discuss in a moment, uh, for medals looking ahead to that. Three of them are extreme sports, is what they're being called, which really, again, goes back to what we've been saying throughout this podcast. It's about the taste and appeal of a new generation. You're trying to reach out to them. You've got baseball and softball back, and I was like, I kind of groaned when I wrote that down because it's like, oh, seriously, not again. But it's huge in Japan. It has to be, again, a sport that we as Team GB followers don't get excited about. Obviously, baseball in America is, is, is one of their national sports, although at an Olympic level, it's, it's different players often, and there's issues and has been issues around which baseball players will come and, and be at the Olympics. They hate the fact that the World Series is actually against the world. Yes. <laughs> but in the Olympics, they have to compete against the world. So it's, it's been slightly different um, in the past to, to what basketball's outlook, where they will send, send the dream team, the, the dream team equivalent of the baseball team, uh, haven't really ever sort of come together historically. Um, but yeah, baseball and softball, as you say, I think it's, it's a nod to the organisers and, and the host nation, Japan, you know, there'll be other strong nations there. It probably won't get a lot of coverage on the BBC. A couple of minutes for Hazel Irvin late at night. Well, I've only just found out that softball is basically indoor baseball. I never knew that. <laughs> I, I knew it was a, a kind of version of, of baseball, but I didn't realise it was indoors. That's basically what it is. Uh, karate is a new sport. And I was again, just going to say, actually, just before we move on to karate, I was looking when um, we were preparing this at, at baseball. Because originally, of course, it was going to be played at London in 2012. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was originally in the when when the original plans came out. Um, baseball was still at that point an Olympic sport. And was I think that the Oval or something? Regent's Park. Oh, okay. I think they were going to set a, a sort of um, baseball, um, a temporary baseball stadium up in and, Regent's Park. And how ironic they now play baseball at the Olympic, in stadium. The Olympic stadium. That's <laughs> just one of the point I wanted to make. So, you know, uh, although I joked there and I was a bit flippant saying it will only get a couple of minutes highlights late on and, you know, Hazel will be introducing it or, or Dan Walker or whoever has got the late shift. Um, we saw huge crowds going to see baseball when it came to London. You bring the, the you know, the Major League Baseball and, and people in London will come and I see I think it. it's for the hot dogs. <laughs> Uh, on to karate. So, again, huge in Japan, and it spread through Japan in the 1920s, so they brought it into the Olympics. There's going to be three weight classes in the Kamaiti uh, part of karate, and there's also kata karate as well. Now, here are the explanations. So, kata is forms, and that is basically a series of offensive and defensive movements targeting a virtual opponent. So, you're not actually taking on anybody. You're just doing the kind of shapes and the movements. We're still with you, just. Yeah, I should hope so. And the judges decide on the points. So, you're trying to impress the judges. So it's a bit like dancing, but not really. Please don't, <laughs> please don't come and do karate on me uh, if you're offended by that. And then Kamaiti is opponents facing each other in a matted competition. And obviously, you have to land blows on the target area um, and beat the opposition. And I think it's really interesting that karate is coming in. Again, it's a nod to the, the host nation. And if you look at the, the development of taekwondo, that was a, a demonstration sport in Seoul in 88, because obviously South Korea and taekwondo hand in hand. 92 taekwondo then becomes a, a full-on olympic sport if you like and then by 2016 who are winning taekwondo medals great britain, great britain. a well-funded program that has identified talent in the shape of jade jones bianca walkden latalo mohammed Joe mahama 
send four taekwondo athletes to Rio, three come home with medals, someone finishes fourth. Karate, from a British point of view at the minute, might we, we might be on the fringes, on the edges, but if karate gets its chance to stay in the Olympics, three or four editions down the line, we could be winning medals. Sir. And they can play Peter Satira. <laughs> Booming, I really, booming out I over really, the big I really hoped you weren't going to bring up the oh, karate come kid. come on. Do you think at the opening ceremony, they should say, we're now going to get a nod to some of the new sports, and then as Glory of Love plays out, they bring out the karate kid who's now got to be in his 60s. What was Mr... Mr... Mwagi. Yeah. He, like he's that. no longer with us, I don't think. So um, one I'd of be the very gra- surprised. One of the greatest films of all time. Um, on to skateboarding then. So we've got Street and Park. That was male. a tangent from us, wasn't it? <laughs> for male and female. <laughs> I, I don't think we'll do a film we'll podcast. giving Simon Mayo and Mark Kerman a run for the money at this rate. <laughs> this is what Christmas does to you. So and you being get, in the pub. <laughs> you get, exactly. You get all jokey. Um, so skateboarding, male and female, Street and Park. It, Probably does what it says on the tin. Street like course over stairs, handrails, curbs, benches, uh, walls, and slopes, uh, which will be brilliant to see. And then the park competitions, more of the kind of hollowed out course, um, a bit more like the South Bank in London, uh, where you see the people um, jumping up and down over the curves and going up and down the bowls. And we've got a really good chance uh, of Great Britain, of course, winning a medal in the youngest ever Olympian, Sky Brown, going to that. Yeah, and there'll be so much attention uh, in the build-up to, uh, to to Sky Brown and, and skateboarding at the Olympics, obviously, if she, she gets in. Um, you know, and we've been following her quite closely. You do not see pre-teens at the Olympic no, Games, she's do you? third in the world at the moment. Um, and I, as, as I've said before, and, and we've discussed many times, it was a huge issue at the end of 2019 about safeguarding in, in sport and, and governance and issues around that. You know, you've just got to hope that the circus, the carry-on around Sky Brown is going to be managed well for, for her point of view. You know, you've got hope that they've gone and spoken to Tom Daly and others that, that went to Olympics at the age of 14. Um, and, you know, Tom Daly is a great example of someone that's had been in the spotlight all his teenage years, his entire adult life, and seemingly has come through the other end being a pretty well-rounded individual. Um, and seemingly, in my experience, a pretty good guy. So, you know, you hope that that, that path is followed with, with Sky Brown. And, wow, I mean, imagine what were you doing at the age of 12, 13? It wasn't potentially competing for Olympic medals, was it? No, I think I was watching the Olympics, probably. Yeah. Um, obviously, medals in the Olympics are won by a hair's breadth or a thousandth of a second, but here's a sport where you can literally win by your fingertips, and that <laughs> is sport climbing bouldering yeah so there's there's different parts of sport climbing bouldering lead and speed combined and there's lots of gold medals up for it you basically run up a wall um as the fastest and win and and again we've got it's great to see it's it's quick and it's going to be exciting it's it is exciting i've watched a little bit of bouldering since it and, and sport climbing since it came onto the olympic program and you know it makes good tv um a little bit like that bit of gladiators where they were trying to race up, oh, yeah, up the, the wall. wall of death um so hopefully no one will be shouting a wooga um <laughs> during it but again uh, i think you know they britain will will have people um shauna coxey of of course is is the, is the british name that, that people associate um so they'll hopefully be competitors there and and i think i think it'll get quite a lot of attention um sport climbing because it is a good television spectacle 
And the same with surfing. So they're going to be on the short boards, not the long boards, but the short boards, male and female. And, of course, it's the ocean. Anything can happen. It's outdoor surfing because there has been discussion, hasn't there, about building, building. indoor surf centres. I think there's an indoor surf centre in, in North Wales, if I'm Yeah, correct. Bristol Wales. Well, yeah, somewhere around there. Um, and uh, it seems to me that that would be a massively expensive venue um, to build when you're surrounded by the sea. Yeah, probably, it's probably not worth for an island nation. Um, Tokyo 2020, of course, there's going to be 20 men, 20 women competing in the separate competitions uh, in the surfing. And it, it apparently was in the Olympics in Antwerp and Stockholm in 1912 and 1920. Those well-known surfer nations. <laughs> Stockholm, Sweden, Antwerp, <laughs> Belgium. Um, they're where the Beach Boys came from, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, we hope we've whetted your appetite for Tokyo 2020. Oh, dear. We should have done this right at the start. We should have said cheers. It's cheers. Olympics year. Yeah, it's Olympics year. It's Olympic year. We're right in the pub. pub. <laughs> hey. So look, there's plenty of new, plenty of old, and revamps and spin-offs of both. And Tokyo 2020 is very much aiming to breathe new life into the Olympics. Its focus is youth and aspiration. And these new sports and categories will no doubt bring new viewers and hopefully competitors down the line. But can they knock the winner? of the 100 metres on the track or the 50 metre fly in the pool off the sporting headlines. We'll have to wait and see. Happy New Year. Happy New Olympic Year. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.